Hello and welcome to episode 219 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast where Adrian and Ariel are talking about real estate fraud in Toronto. Make sure you stay tuned. Welcome. Nice to see you. Welcome. You seemed very flustered today when you came in. It was like, yeah. And then you shook off the flusteredness. I'm fine. Good. Let's move on to the podcast. All right. So today. Nobody wants to hear about my crap. Of course they do. That's probably what they want to hear about the most. Now the rest of the podcasts are going to be thinking what's happening with Ariel. Why is he flustered? We'll talk about that in episode 220. Or stay tuned to the end of the episode when we reveal why Ariel's flustered. I hate that. Whenever I see a post that says, uh, watch till the end. Right. I move on. It's so annoying. You're missing the best part. No, I'm not. They're just trying to get you to watch the whole thing so the algorithms appreciate the views and give them more exposure. I appreciate their effort. And if I'm already watching, watch 10 more seconds. Do them a solid. No, I refuse. Literally, the second I see that or hear it, I move on. So today we're talking about real estate fraud in Toronto. There's been a few instances of it recently. Uh, The most Notably that I've heard of uh, basically everywhere, and I'm sure those of you watching or listening um, may have as well. There was an instance uh, last year in January, and it's only just coming out now, when a property was sold by people who didn't own it, while the actual owners were away on vacation. Uh, The other one I saw today was an article written a couple days ago about a man in Toronto, of course, again who was illegally renting out apartments that were not his to rent out. Toronto. Toronto. Listen, okay, I I pronounce the T. Okay, let me start and comment on the whole selling. How? Because how the hell does somebody sell a house? Well, the other thing is, what that's it, not theirs. I'd like to know what they got out of it. I'm trying to wrap my head around Nothing. that. Nothing. What are they going to get out of it? My, that's exactly my point, though. They wouldn't have gotten any money. It's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. Guess, was that their hopes? That maybe, the if bank it's would... a, maybe if it's a private deal and the purchaser comes in with... Oh, here's a cash deposit. Right. But it wasn't. It was through real estate agents. It was at least listed by a real estate brokerage. Yeah. I don't know who represented the buyers. And the problem in that scenario is the buyers are shit out of luck, I would think. There's no recourse. They can't find these people. Recourse for what? Well, let's say... They'll get their deposit back. Yes. Their deposit's held in trust by the listing brokerage. Yes. Or it's held in trust somewhere. Yes. But now they have no house to move into. So let's say they are... Who knows at what point in the process they found out. They probably sold their house. how does their agent... Not realize the buyer's agent. Well, both actually, both agents. The buyer's agent's not at fault at all. How are they going to know? They've never met the seller, never would have. So, never will. Okay. And then the seller's agent? I would think at that level, you aren't you I getting, guess, you have to get their ID. You they have, have to ID, fake ID. They had fake ID. I can see the predicament. I can see how it would be challenging. There's so they were trying to use the fake ID. Yes. With the lawyers. Or that was their plan. 
to try and actually close on it with those fake IDs, open an account with I think, those fake I think IDs, they, like take it from literally A to Z with fake. They tricked everybody. Yeah. From what I've read, the re- the way that it all fell apart was the homeowners came back Didn't and we realized- talk about this stupid story in another podcast? I don't know. I think we did. The homeowners came home and realized the house had been sold. That's ridiculous. And that's where it started. But the other one was, and this is more common, was the rental issue. Okay, that's the one I want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, look at this guy. No, he, I don't need to That's look not at a it. trustworthy face. If you saw him, would you think that? I don't know. It looks like he might be high on something. But here's the thing. What a lot of people don't realize is there are now, they're almost like legal loopholes for people like that to run fraudulent rental schemes. Well, there's nothing, so I'll give you an example. There's no loophole or legal. It was completely illegal. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I said a legal loophole. The legal loophole is they legally, above water, will yes. go and rent the property yes. through Airbnb. This is who yes. the target demographic is or the target audience is. Yeah. These fraudsters go and rent an Airbnb for a week, all legitimate. Or for a few days. Or for a few days. Or they do a long-term rental. They pay maybe first month's rent. If it's a private rental, they can get away with maybe persuading the homeowner to only take one month's rent. they're, They're renting the place and then showing it. And then people coming are like, oh, you have such a nice home. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You want to... You want to rent it? Here's the key. Right. Five grand, first and last month. Bye-bye. 14 counts. Wow. It's a lot of money. And guaranteed they're all private rentals. Because that would, very unlikely, would that ever fly under the radar? A mm-hmm. Ten, you mm-hmm. know? I would think. Uh, maybe it could get caught. I don't know. So the tip here. Is if you're renting a place, rent a place that's listed with a brokerage and use a realtor as well. I think a lot of people, I, I, we get so many phone calls from prospective tenants and that don't even realize they can use a real estate agent as a tenant. Yeah. Or potentially they think it costs money. Right. Well, and the other aspect of it is it is more challenging to find people that will give you the time of day. Um, from a realtor's from a perspective. realtor's perspective, yeah, because a lot of realtors don't want to deal with leases, right? And they're entitled to that. Like, not sure. everybody wants to deal in certain categories of real estate. There's some some people will only sell condos, right. right? You have your little niche, and that's what you stick to, perhaps. Anyway, lots of fraud going on in Toronto. Yeah, Toronto is uh, <laughs> for some reason a popular destination for these I'm fraudsters. Bugging, I'm bugging them because. I'm he ignoring enun- it. He enunciates the T's. So what would you do? Let's go back to the first one. Because I know it's a bit of a stale story, but what could a what could a real estate agent do to decrease the likelihood of that happening as a listing agent? The buyer's agent has zero contact with the homeowner. So that's not expected that they'd be able to do it. Other than verifying the name on the contract matches the name on title. Uh, but they don't meet them. They don't see their ID, et cetera. It's all on the listing agent to do that due diligence. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, what do you do? I think the only thing you can do 
Well, similar to when we're interviewing tenants in the in the process. Oh, really? How long has it gone without working? Ten seconds ago. All right, we have um, a technical difficulty here. Don't wiggle your wire. You're gonna make it worse. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what I think people need to do, uh, re- re- relating it back to interviewing tenants, right? Ask qualifying questions just to verify if they know information that a typical homeowner would know. When did you buy the property? How much did you pay for the property? Who's on title? Right? Those three questions, when done in person on the spot, would probably throw a fraudster upside down. They wouldn't know what to say. Oh, yes. You could ask the neighbors. That would work, but what are you what are you gonna do? You're gonna grab their ID, take a picture of it, then walk next door and say, Is this the homeowner? Yes. <laughs> this is this is like interview style. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um the ho- well for those of you listening, we're down to one mic. I think we should maybe we should implement that as a new best practice. We have a questionnaire for all homeowners. I and mean, that's one in a million. It doesn't happen often. It's the first time I think I've heard of it in Maybe forever. I'm sure it's happened before. So we've been using a service called Single Key. Oh, you're talking. You can't hear me now. Yes, go on. Do you want to sit side by side? No. So it does background checks. We use it for tenants. Could use it for your landlord. That'll tell you addresses, credit history, all of that stuff. That's a great idea. No, it wouldn't help because the the name is already fraudulent. Right? So they've got they've given you fake ID with the Do you need a social insurance number? No, and they're not obligated to provide that. Were you plugged in there? I'm good. Yeah, okay, cool. At least Robbie gave me the thumbs up. Um, Sorry, we had a little technical difficulty this morning. One of our cables decided to go on vacation. Maybe because it's like kinked right there. Mm, This is the one that's working. So no, that would not be an accurate statement. Okay. Anyways, there should be best practices in place to try to prevent this sort of stuff. With with, uh, lease, it becomes more difficult because... In, in the province of Ontario, you don't have to ID either party. As a realtor, you don't have to ID either party on a lease. Don't have to. Are you legally entitled to? I've never thought of it Are that way. I've never had any... entitled <clears throat> to? I've had some people... Real estate agents representing tenants apprehensive when I request a copy of a driver's license, which for the record, the reason I ask for it is to verify their information. I want to double check their address on their license yeah. against other information they've provided. I'm not sure if you are legally entitled to, but what would be the repercussion If you asked for it, 
Nothing. Nothing. No. If you made it mandatory, perhaps. Like listed it that way? Yeah, I don't know. And then becomes the gray area. If it's in the listing that you need ID, which I have seen. Yeah. Versus it's said verbally after. There's no real difference. You're still, or requiring it verbally, I should say. It is interesting because lately I've run into a few people that were very apprehensive about providing anything. So I have, I was representing clients who are uh, friends and uh, have been for a couple decades. And I recently helped them rent a property. And one of them more than the other was, is very private and didn't want to provide anything. And he even went to the extent of asking me if, we could arrange for the landlord, prospective landlord at this point, to review his documents with a lawyer because he didn't want that landlord having all of that information. And I, I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, it's just well, the way okay, the industry so you, works. You as a realtor right now, yeah, well-known in our trade area, if you wanted to rent a property, let's say you sold your primary residence and you decided, I'm going to use that money for something else at the moment, going to rent for a year or two, and then when our dream home comes along, I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. If you were going to rent a property right now, would you feel comfortable disclosing your Equifax report, your income, your T4s, your notice of assessments, all of that? Would you want the public that to be out in public knowledge? Um, well, I think that's where the problem is that it shouldn't, I don't, I mean, it could be considered public knowledge if somebody mis, mishandled it. Oh, okay. So the landlord mm-hmm. with their agent reviews your application. Yeah. The landlord then six months later is at a party gets wasted. Oh yeah. You know who rents my property? Do you know how much he makes? Yeah, exactly. That happens. I'm sure sure it does. Absolutely. So, but how, I mean, that's just how it is. So the, it's like how many times I, so do we include a, a non-disclosure agreement? Excuse me. A non-disclosure. This podcast really going to the shits today. <laughs> that was 100% the microphone just fucked up. That was not my voice. Yeah. Does, do maybe include a non-disclosure and have the landlord sign it before sending the documents. And then you have recourse. Yeah, I'm sure that exists. Actually, mm, I can reach out to somebody that I know. Athletes. Right, I was going to say that. Like if, they're, they're not disclosing if, anything. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> On that note. Um, this is how we come up with new ideas. Yeah, so episode 220 next week. What does this, when does? The spring this market start. Spring market start. It's going to be a hot topic. Was that like a play on spring weather? Yeah. All right. See ya. And that's it for today. Thanks for watching and listening and make sure you follow along and hit that bell.